Hello for the King listeners. I am not your host, Rocky Ramsey. My name is Will Drzymski, a brother in Christ and friend of Rocky's whom he has generously invited onto the show in order to verbally showcase my artwork to you in 50 seconds. As an artist, I strive to accurately reflect the glory of God in everything that I paint, and through that process, I hope to flood as much of the earth as possible with paintings which accurately proclaim the undeniable fact that Jesus is Lord and the creation which he made commands us to worship him. So if you would like to join with me in distributing clean, refreshing artwork showcasing the creativity of the God who made us, I would be overjoyed to have your help. I run my own website called Reflected Works, where I showcase the artwork I've done in the past, sell original paintings and prints, and take requests for unique commissions. Once again, that's reflectedworks.com, all one word, and I'm looking forward to helping you further the kingdom of God right now here on this earth by putting some of your free wall space to productive use. Thank you very much for your kind attention, and now enjoy the show. Don't think I will even ask you to make Jesus Lord of your life. That's the most preposterous thing I could ever tell you to do. Jesus Christ is Lord of your life. Whether you serve him or not, whether you bless him, curse him, hate him, or love him, he is the Lord of your life because God has given him a name that is above every name so that the name of Jesus Christ every knee shall bow and tongue confess that he is Lord. Some of you will bow out of the grace that has been given to you and others will bow because your kneecaps will be broken by the one who rules the nations with a rod of iron. And I'll not apologize for this God of the Bible. Friends, welcome to the For the King podcast. This is your host, Rocky Ramsey. On this podcast, we proclaim the edicts of the king, namely and chiefly that Yahweh reigns. We have been on a short hiatus um, with these these um, Sunday episodes with Bryce. Um, so we're back at it. Bryce, what's up? How you doing? How you feeling? What's going on? Doing good. Yeah, doing good. Bryce just got a, a new abode. You got a new uh, place to rest your head. So I'm out here abi- I'm abiding in the southern parts of uh southern region of Anderson. <laughs> He's sitting nice on some acreage now. The Lord has provided. So that's that's what's new with Bryce. Good job. Way to go. It was all me. Uh, all you baby. <laughs> I get right, it. So so what are what are we what are we discussing this evening? Um topic of today's podcast. Um we're, we're, we're going to bring up scripture, but honestly, our main um, way that we want to frame this discussion is actually going to use Tolkien, okay? So a lot of us are probably familiar with Lord of the Rings. You've probably seen the movies. If you read the books, even better, even better. Would prefer the books, honestly, myself. Um, and what we want to center on is this interdenominational effort among Christians portrayed in the relationship between dwarves and elves in Tolkien's world in Middle Earth. Okay, so um, when the council is convened in Rivendell with all the races, um, the different races of Middle Earth, uh, to determine what to do with the Ring now that it's in their hands in the Fellowship of the Ring. Um, initially, there's a lot of banter and um, you know discussion on how it ought to be used. Boromir thinks that, you know, um, Minas Tirith and Gondor specifically are 
at the front lines, you know, really fighting this battle. So they deserve to take it back, right? So they're on the front lines. They're really, all their men are really dying for all the other lands. We ought to be the ones to use the ring, right? Boromir is kind of vying for this. And obviously, you know, there's some disagreement there. There turns into a lot of bickering. And, you know, Tolkien does something beautiful and has this this humble, small hobbit step up, one that's more resilient to the ring's temptations. And it's more of a rallying call for all of these different kinds of people and races to come together to um, surround Frodo in the Fellowship of the Ring to fight the enemy and to take on the task. And um, specifically... Uh, elves and dwarves, uh, Legolas and Gimli's friendship throughout the whole the whole trilogy, right? They're they're just slowly growing in their friendship. Um, eventually, it gets to a point where they're doing battle together um, in the two towers um, at Helm's Deep, and they're you know talking about their their feats of battle. Um, and Gimli is saying how he wants to take Legolas down into you know, the, the mines and the deep parts of what the, the el or sorry, what the dwarves do and Legolas, you know, he, he wouldn't want to be there initially, but he sees the beauty of that. And basically they strike up a friendship um, and they both concede that they want to see the parts of each other's land and the beauty of each other's culture, that kind of thing. Um, anything you want to add there, Bryce, that's basically the backdrop. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Historic. Like, uh, yeah, that's good. Okay. So basically there's, there's strain and hardship between that relationship and they can come together for the common purpose of fighting Saran and to destroy Mordor and the ring. Okay. And we want to import that into where we're at in terms of Christendom and church history. Okay. So after the Protestant Reformation, um, let's just be honest, it did enable um, a lot of schismatic not not so much the reformers, uh, mainly the radical reformation created an environment for for this kind of schismatic Christianity where everybody kind of wants to think that they're uh, they're in their own fight and they don't want to really do things with other Christians per se. Okay, um, so do you think that's fair, Bryce? That out of the Protestant Reformation, with some of the church polity, specifically like Congregationalism. Um, you kind of have this individualistic, isolationist, denominationalism where you do not want to do interdenominational efforts for the kingdom. No, Is that I, fair? I, I think it's not fair. I think it's actually more fair to say the Reformation also spurned that on too. Um, that what? Even within the Reformation, I think you see a divide of interdenominational effort for yeah, the kingdom. Okay, sure. Yeah. You see that with. Uh, 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 the reformers, such as Theodore Beza, um, meeting together at uh, the colloquy of Saint uh, the colloquy of uh, Mount Valier against Andreas. Uh, there's this huge Lutheran reform divide, and then you have yeah. the further divide of Dutch reform versus <laughs> English reform versus whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I still I still see a fruit of reformational. Some of the reformational theology actually ended up being super schismatic and not because yes. of the intense zeal for the truth, which was good. I mean, you cannot blame these people for having the false worship for so long, now recovering the tr- true worship and actually trying to, you know, further that along. You can't blame them, but a fruit of some of their endeavors was being schismatic. Sure. Uh, now they definitely wrote against a lot of heretical movements, like you talked about the uh, the radical reformation with the Anabaptists and so on. But 
Um, but even within the Reformation, you see, you saw the Lutherans and the Reformers not united yeah. at all. That's what sure. you saw with uh, Zwingli and uh, Luther. Luther. Luther not wanting to even shake his hands uh, yeah. because of a dispute about the Lord's Supper, whether yes. Christ's physical body was present or not. So these are all defects and a lack of maturity with the Christian church. Yes. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> that was more of a – that ought to have been viewed more of a, a – uh, Gimli and Legolas situation where they yeah. should band together for a common purpose. Yeah. Um, but that banding together didn't really persist. Exactly. Now, the reformers wanted that historically. The reformers wanted to be joined with. They did. Friends, but yeah. <clears throat> but yeah. They did. Um, I, I guess I was trying to drive at the, you know, the radical reformation definitely is even, even more so. But, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's but, way more schismatic. It is, but yes, the reformers definitely had that, like you said, that zeal for the truth, which is good. But there was, there was, um, the, the the fruit of it was disunifying in some some respects. So, where do Bryce and I? How do we want to import that to our day and age? So, obviously, we're reformed. Um, we carry on the torch that the reformers had, but we want to not make any of the same errors that they made in their day and age. Um, so, how do we press forward in the Western? protestant church in in a proper way to basically defeat saran and destroy the ring right how do we how do we how do we get gimli's and legolas's to go together in battle um and to enjoy it together so what bryce and i want to propose on this episode is basically just a protestant ecumenicalism um we would not advocate linking arms with a progressive heretical church we're not advocating for that but the conservative part of every mainline denomination um, is definitely up for grabs in, in what we're saying, where we need to be able to, in the ministry efforts of the gospel, and specifically in, in acts of uh, mercy to the community, um, for the widow, the orphan, the needy, those kind of things, we need to have conservative Methodists and conservative Pentecostals and conservative Assemblies of God and conservative uh, Reformed Baptist, Reformed Presbyterian, Reformed Anglican, um, Episcopalians. Like, we need to get all of these conservative mainline denominations on board with one another to do the ministry of the gospel to the ends of the earth. Um, yeah. We're in a situation, we're in an all hands on deck situation right now in the West, and we want to advocate for that very hardcore. Right. Um, what do you, yeah. Yeah, this is kind of the heart of even what you see in C.S. Lewis's book, Mere Christianity. He writes about, uh, uh, he calls, he says that there is God's house, and in God's house, quote, it's a hall out of which doors are opened into several rooms. And these several rooms, in his mind, are Protestant, Orthodox, and Catholic. Um, Now, obviously, we disagree with him there. Uh, We don't think that we're in the same hall uh, as the Orthodox and Catholics. Um, but like Rocky said, it, we're we're advocating for a Protestant ecumenicalism that we want to see uh, all the Protestant denominations gathering together and uh, being unified uh, under the the gospel. Um, and I found that quote, Rocky. And I'm going to read it real quick. I, I think this okay. is something to think about. The failure of the Protestant Church is to view herself as a glass pane fractured into several pieces, rather than viewing herself as several stained glass windows in a cathedral, all of which tell the same story. So we need to start viewing ourselves again as telling the same story of the gospel, 
though we all might have different functions in the world, uh, you know, Anglicans are typically a lot more elitist and focused on institutions. Baptists are focused more on the local uh, congregation and impacting local communities, just like Pentecostals. But at the same time, we need to recognize that the dark horde of Mordor is at our doorstep. Yeah. And the Bible says, Jesus says, a house divided against itself cannot stand. Exactly. Yeah. So if we're divided with ourselves, we're done. Yeah. For the Christian church is going to fail, but we know it's not going to because of our king. But what does our king command us to do? Do not be divided. Yeah. Our strength comes from our unity with one another. And that's exactly what you see with Tolkien um, with the Fellowship of the Ring. It is so many people that you would never have expected to link arms together. A hobbit who recluses himself into um, uh, holes that are not wet but pleasant to be in. Um, And then dwarves, which live in mountains and are mining. And then elves who are constantly reading books and (laughs) up in their ivory towers. And then men, like how... All these people joined together who are would never have been link, linking arms. Yeah. So that's kind of like Tolkien's vision there. Like when you have this dark horde coming against you, there is no other way to win, no other way to fight it, fight it off except by union. Exactly, and it's such a it's such a. Jesus said, "You will know that they are my disciples by their love for one another." Okay, if. Um, is an Anglican your brother? Yes. Yes, he is. Is a Methodist your brother? Is a, is even a, a Pentecostal or somebody's a God, is he your brother? Yeah, he is. That's yeah. your brother. That is your brother in Christ. If you cannot sit down or go out and minister with somebody like that, then you're an immature Christian. You're, you're, you're immature. If you cannot, um, that was a sign of maturity of the fellowship of the ring throughout um the entire story arc of the fellowship and even when they were separated and not doing ministry together they weren't fighting together you know pippin and mary get taken away um yeah. the, the fellowship um there's that there's that scene where, where oh the fellowship's broken mary and pippin have been taken frodo and sam are gone and then aragorn comes up to gimli and legolas says like no like the fellowship is not broken we are going to go find mary and pippin we're not going to we're not going to leave them to the to the um Orkai, okay and then yeah. they go out and get them. So the fellowship, even if you're not physically present, the fellowship cannot be broken. It cannot be broken. And we yeah. need to view ourselves as that. Even even if Anglicans and Methodists, we have, we have different distinctives, different churches, but just because we're not in the same local church does not mean the fellowship is broken. The fellowship yeah. is still there. We're still fighting the same battle. So we can, we can link together and do acts of mercy to the community. We can go out preaching the gospel together. It's fine to not maybe want to you know go in a local church together because we are going to worship in different ways. But that that's fine. That's fine. Just in the same sense, I have my family and Bryce has his family. We don't have to do family together twenty four seven. We can have our own family, right? But Bryce and I can still have do things together with our family, right? It doesn't mean that we're disconnected and the fellowship is broken. So right. I, I th- this is the vision we kind of want to cast is we need to proclaim the gospel and link together with people that may have different secondary convictions on the scriptures than us. And we're so bad at that right now in the West and Protestantism. We need to repent of that and move forward. Um, so I don't know. Any, what were some thoughts there, Bryce? Yeah. And like, that's, 
when the fellowship joins together, they don't all of a sudden become one race of people. Yeah, exactly. You, you know, Frodo's still a hobbit. Gimli's still a dwarf. Legolas is still an elf. Aragorn's yep. still a man. And yep. they're not required to leave beside their cultures either. Exactly. But it's precisely because of their cultures that they're actually strengthened because they all come together having ver- varying gifts and abilities. Exactly. And Makes them stronger. Like, it does make them stronger. So when we have that in mind too, recognizing like, okay, like this person's still a brother, but they just might do things differently and they have strengths, you know, yeah. they have strengths where we are weak and, you know, we have uh, strengths where they are weak. Exactly. So it's very important recognizing yeah. these different things. And uh, well, this is what you saw in the first and second great awakenings in America too. You yeah. saw Methodists, Anglicans, Presbyterians, and Baptists uniting together and exactly. America boomed because of it. Exactly. There was so much evangelism and discipleship that went on. You had yeah. Baptists preaching at Presbyterian churches and Presbyterian ministers preaching at Baptist churches, doing ordinations, uh, sermons for one yeah. another. Like this rich uh, arm of cooperation with one another. Yeah. Well, and the fruit of that is a booming of the kingdom of God. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, kind of going back to the strengths of each denomination. Um, if Anglicans, they, they, they excel at building institutions and the elitism, and we need that. We do need that. That's not a bad function. Okay. So let's let them, you know, continue that expertise and, and other Christian traditions can maybe support those institutions financially. Have you ever thought about that? Um, or the way the Methodists, they, they were, they, they got that name because they were very methodical in the way they would go about uh, meeting together to do acts of mercy to the poor and needy specifically. They've been always known. Um, for that kind of ministry. Presbyterians are known for theology, um, known for for really a strong-willed understanding of God's Word and theology. Not that the others aren't, but that's just what they're known for. Um, And then obviously uh, the uh, Assemblies of God Pentecostal types are known for just being very charismatic. Um, And not just charismatic in terms of their understanding of the gifts, but they're just usually very joyful people, okay? Um, they're not somber and stick in the ivy. They're, they're usually great uh, evangelists and go out and do the work of the ministry in that way. So we need to all, we can all learn something from each other and we can become a stronger church by doing ministry together, but still remaining our with our distinctives. We don't have to compromise on those things, but we're talking about the greater work of um, Christendom is really what we're trying to get, drive at here. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, we definitely need to do a better job of doing interdenominational efforts and joining together, sharing the gospel, spreading the word, maybe pulling funds together for specific things. Yeah, specific um, getting, things. Getting back into the political arena. Yep. All, all denominations historically have done that, um, yep. maybe with the exception of, of Baptist, but uh, yeah. like we just need to get back into doing stuff like that so that we can actually affect change in the world. Yeah. discipling the laity, discipling your average common man, and also discipling the nations because they do have an effect on the worship of God, whether people like it, like to admit it or not. Yep. So. No, amen. Um, I think we pretty much made all of our points. Um, I guess one other thing to add before we kind of close out here, just uh, the big divide, and specifically in Protestantism, would just be the uh the, the covenantal pedo baptism versus credo baptism um and and Bryce and I definitely advocate for continued um unity even in the midst of that issue uh, that could be a very dicey issue 
Uh, about half of the Protestant church does not baptize babies and the other half of the Protestant church does, you know, um, and that should not be a cause for disunity. Um, there's obviously going to be disagreements there, but um, at the practical level, when we're talking about church life and when people are changing convictions or may find themselves in a position where they might be under different teaching, there should just be much grace there um, and unity in the midst of it because it is a secondary issue. Where nobody says the other side's not Christian, um, but we almost treat it like it's a primary issue sometimes, specifically when we deal with just our at the base level in terms of local church membership. You know, you're not allowed to be a member at this church because you differ on a secondary issue. And and that's actually, that's a pretty sad sight to see. Br- Bryce has helped me understand um, all every local church is just a small outpost of the kingdom of God. It's a, it's a, it's a local church in the midst of, you know, the, the whole invisible church. Um, and if your local church is more restrictive on membership into the keys of the kingdom per se, being a part of the kingdom, if it's more restrictive than the king himself, uh, then you have an issue. Uh, we do think that is an issue. That is a problem. Um, so we need some, in, ter- in terms of specifically church membership, we need some open arms in the midst of Protestantism right now. Um, how do you think, what, what do you think, Bryce? Sound reasonable? Yeah, I think that sounds reasonable. It just goes back to the same Protestant issue of who's the head of the church. Um, yeah. Christ is the head of the church. Uh, that same head, you know, regulated principle. He he orders how the church should be conducted. So we should be taking our cues from him, seeing yeah. who he accepts and who he denies, and we should accept and deny the same sort of people. Exactly. So yep. we believe in the communion of the saints. That's the reformed doctrine, not the communion of the validly and properly baptized. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yep. That's good. Um, well, this is our call. This is our exhortation to you to maybe think about this more and figure out how that impacts maybe your local church, how we can be more unified. Bryce and I are trying to create a community like this in Indianapolis. Uh, we'd love to see Indianapolis continue to grow together as the saints in Indianapolis, the saints in Indiana, you know, where we're at, um, our local context. We'd love to see this cross-denominational cooperation for the sake of the kingdom of God, because we love our king and we all have the same king. Um, so let's all serve him together um, and not be a fractured church and look like Satan's kingdom. That's divided and bites. We don't want to bite and devour one another. Um, that is recipe for disaster. So that's my final thought. Do you have any final thought, Bryce? That's good. Okay. Well, thanks for listening, guys. We hope that was an encouraging and gave you uh, gave you something to think about. Um, please go check out uh, the website for the king. Uh I think, shoot, what is it? Forthekeng.substack.com or forthekeengpodcast.com. I I forget right now. I'm sorry. Uh, But go check that out. Um, I've actually beefed up that website a little bit. The last episode I just released, or or maybe two when I released this one, um, was a Christian winery. And I I highly advise you guys to go and check out that winery called Rejoicing Vine. Really great work that they're doing. And I really appreciate that, brother. that that is um just 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 to say it this is a this is an example of what me trying to live out what we just talked about because that brother goes to a different church than I would go to but we can me and him are getting together we're doing ministry together and he's doing it through his local business that he owns this winery mm-hmm. um, but we're we're not totally you know completely the same kind of Christian but me I, I went and sat down with him and he's doing good work you know yeah um, you so can even see that in the interview. Like in the yeah. interview, he says things that I know you would have des- definitely disagreed with, but oh, you just yeah. you weren't like, oh, hey, let's stop and argue about that. 
exactly. you know, you were like, okay, I, like I'm interviewing him about his business. Let's just keep talking. You exactly. know, you, you are interested in stopping and arguing and bickering. Exactly. Exactly. We need to, I'm trying to have a heart like that, guys. That's me actually trying to, to display what we're talking about, and not be a hypocrite. Because like I said, there were things where I was like, I could have jumped on that, but I'm not talking to him about those things. I'm talking to him about being a Christian man with his business. And we need to treat each Christian like that. Um, you can't expect them to all think the same way you do. Christians are going to be different. So go, go check out that brother. And if you live in the Indianapolis area, you can go and, and shop at that winery and go check out what they're doing. It's awesome. Um, oh, and then last other thing, uh, update, I became an Every Life ambassador. This is a Christian company, Christian-owned business called Every Life. If you use um, the promo code that's going to be in the show notes, or you can go to the website for the King Substack website and go to uh, the Parallel Christian Economy tab. You can see my promo code for Every Life. They're a, a Christian-owned conservative company for uh, baby products. So they have diapers and wipes that are toxin-free and organic and solid and not bad for your baby. Uh, Candace and I use um, the, these products, and you're welcome to use my promo code and support the podcast that way and support a Christian business. So I'm trying to continue to expand the Christian businesses I'm partnering with the podcast. So go support them. Um, because we want to build up the kingdom and um, that's what we're trying to do here. So that's everything I got for you guys. Thanks so much for listening to the King of the Ages, Oral Invisible, the only God, and the honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Soli Deo Gloria.